Welcome to the Phil Nason Show, brought to you by PlayUp Sportsbook. PlayUp welcomes all bettors and offers the best prices on the market. They are also proud to be an official betting partner of the New Jersey Devils. Check them out online or in the App Store and see for yourself why PlayUp is your best bet. You're listening to a pre-recorded edition of the Phil Nason Show. The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play, and please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. I'm excited to have you here. We'll talk nothing but UFC 272 fighting. And I'm excited to bring this show to you today. We are presented by PlayUp Sportsbook. That's playup.com. It's your one-stop shop for all your sports betting needs. Head on over, sign up for an account, and find out why PlayUp is always your best bet. My best bet He's talking with my dude Danny Podolsky from Overtime Heroics. We're going to talk a little UFC 272. What's up, dude? Phil, thank you so much for bringing me back. Uh, I This is going to be a huge card. Two fighters in the main event who genuinely hate each other, and there's a lot of a lot of great picks, a lot of interesting you know, lines for this fight, a lot of the fights. So I'm excited for this one. Okay, because I don't know nothing about this. As you know, I didn't watch any of the last one. I may watch this one, but it's not so late. You know I start early in the day. And it is what it is. Um, but let's just go through the thing. You did so well last time. And the people say to me, bring him back. I said, well, he's been here before. I mean, we just talked about basketball and stuff, Dan. Because Danny's a, a multitasking sports fan, correct? Yeah, of course. I think MMA, you know, it's it's a niche market. But if you know who to pick, it's you can make a lot of money. So, Well, absolutely. Now, these lines are a little funny to me, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. So we'll start with the early prelims. These things go off, I think, at about 6 o'clock, and it's on ESPN+. Plus. Match 13. Jacoby, Olex Jack, or whatever. <laughs> go ahead. Who you got in this one? Hey, it's going to be the toughest name you'll say all day. Michal Olesiewicz. Olesiewicz. He's from Poland. Takes on Dustin Jacoby. Uh, Dustin Jacoby is a really interesting story. He was a UFC fighter back in about 2012, kind of failed, got cut from the promotion, uh, retired in 2015, came back four years later. Uh, he's since won his last four straight. He's a minus 200, and I think he'll get the job done. He's much more well-rounded, uh, can take it to the ground. It's good in the stand-up. Um, if you want you know, a more favorable line, take Dustin Jacoby to win by decision. Uh, but at minus 200, I think he gets the job done. That sounds really good. Now, that, that sounds fantastic. And and this is a kid. Now I'm familiar with this Jacoby because back in 2012 I watched a little bit of this on accident once, and I think he was the one who got just crushed. And I said, wait a second. And he won the fight though. So I said, wait a second. That isn't so good. But I'm with you on Jacoby. I think just because I he's the only one I've ever heard of here. Um, so we've got Smith. The next fight, match 12, Smith and Klein. I got those names right. Yeah, both those names are perfect. <laughs> Danny's, Danny and I go way back together, and he knows I butcher names like I butcher everything else, right? 
I mean, to be fair, Oleg Shavitz, that's that's not an easy one. Yeah, that's fair. See, he always gives me an out, but when we hang up the phone or before when we stop the show, he's going to give it to me hard for these things. Go ahead, man. What you got here? Uh, Devontae Smith, he's got a big reach and size advantage against Ludovic Klein. Klein's taking this fight, I believe, on about a week's notice. Uh, he's a featherweight moving up the weight division. So size disadvantage, short notice, moving up in weight, those are all three things that say do not bet on Ludovic Klein. So I'm taking Devontae Smith at a minus 160. He's coming off a loss, but this is a great stylistic matchup. If he can keep this one standing, I think he'll win. If you want to get the plus line, bet on Devontae Smith to win by knockout. By knockout. Okay, great. But BetStamp doesn't give us those things, so we're just going to go straight up here. And y'all can take his words, put it into action, and cash. Now, match 11. Now, this could be an interesting one because you've got Elliot taking on Ulan Bekoff, right? Pretty good. Take Ulan Bekoff. It's pretty good. He's from, da- he's from Dagestan, Russia. Uh, fantastic wrestler. Um, taking on Tim Elliott. Tim Elliott is one of those guys who's fought pretty much everyone in the flyweight division. Uh, he's fought for a title. He's a little bit past his prime. At this point, I think um, Ulan Bekov is getting a big step up in competition. And I think Tim Elliott at plus 190, I think he'll get the job done. Um, Ulan Bekov has showed uh, he's, got, he's, great, he's a great grappler, but he's not as good you know, as a striker. I think Tim Elliott can keep this one standing. And at plus 190, that's a really good line so i'm taking the underdog here that's a very good line take the dog you hit both your dogs last time i remember that now there i do have a question if you have uh, and yeah. these russian kids are yeah. they going to be allowed to compete because we hear all kinds of tales i know in tennis they're letting them compete but they can't compete under the flag the russian flag How, how's that going to work for saturday night so as of right now everyone for this saturday who's from russia is going to be able to compete where it gets interesting. I think two weeks from now, uh, the UFC is doing a card in London. I think there's, there's currently four Russian fighters who are on that card. And I mean, there's no, there hasn't been a word yet, but I doubt they'll be able to compete. I know England banned. I think it was a Belarusian uh, soccer team because mm-hmm. they're uh, like, I don't know the word. Like they, they support Russia, I guess. So they're, yeah, they're, they're allies. Yes. They're allies of Russia. So my guess is that two week Two weeks from now, uh, they, the Russian fighters on that card won't be able to compete. But the UFC is very, um, I guess, non-political. Like they usually don't get involved either way. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think as long as the cards are in America, and if the U.S. doesn't, you know, put in a rule saying Russian fighters can't come over or do whatever with visas, I my guess is that Russian fighters will be able to compete at least for this weekend. All these Russian fighters are going to be able to compete. We hope he does because this plus 190 dog is a beautiful thing. Definitely. I'm going to play that one too. Now, just because. I never bet on a UFC match, but I'm going to do it Saturday night just because. I love underdogs, as you know. Um, of course. So now we've got to match 10. Again, yeah. all these matches that we're talking about right now are on ESPN+. Plus. You have to subscribe. And if you do, you're going to enjoy these matches, I think. But we have Kelleher. He's taking on a young kid, another Russian, Nurmagomedov. I got I gotta give it to you on that on uh the second name. That was not your best one. Umar Nurmagomedov. Oh, I only yeah. I only say that because he's a cousin of Habib Nurmagomedov, who's one of the greatest fighters of all time. I don't know if you've heard that name either, but No, I didn't. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, but no. anyway, that's okay. You know what? Because I butcher fair names all the time, man. Fair enough. I, I butcher yours. Yeah. 
Hey, it's all good. It's <laughs> no, all I good. don't. <laughs> Go ahead. Who you like, Kelleher uh, yeah. or Nurmagomedov? We're gonna take Brian Kelleher at plus five hundred. Oh wow! Why? We're gonna take um, so Umar Nurmagomedov. He's thirteen zero, but if you look at his strength of schedule, it's not great. Uh, his first fight in the UFC, he choked out a guy named Sergey Morozov. That fight hasn't aged as well. Brian Kelleher is one of those fighters who has been around for a while. Is very well rounded. I think if he keeps his fight standing, he's gonna get the job done. And honestly, I think that line's pretty pretty ridiculous. I understand why Nurmagomedov was minus seven hundred with all these Russian fighters, um, especially the ones from Dagestan. I think they look at guys like Habib, guys like Islam Makhachev, and they think you know that they're gonna be the next wave. And certainly at thirteen and zero, Umar Nurmagomedov has a very bright future. But I think this is a huge step up in competition too early in his career. And at plus 500, there's a ton of value in that line. So take Brian Keller at plus 500. Plus, it's easier to pronounce, Brian Keller. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. There okay, so that cleans up the early prelims. Now I have a different question for you. Yeah. Okay, this is not a UFC. Because we've got so much time in between all this, right? Because there's not as yeah. many fights as last time. Of course. You're a Philadelphia 76ers fan. You were the one after me for years. Trust the process. Trust the process. How happy are you that James Harden is with the 76ers? Um, I mean, through three games, they look fantastic. They've beaten, <laughs> they've beaten up your Knicks a couple times. Oh, you know, that was not nice. Of course they did. Yes, they did. But I bet they... against them both times. Against the Knicks or against the Sixers? Oh, I never bet on the Knicks, bro. Okay. Uh, it was a good bet. There yeah. you go. I usually do pretty well with them. With but, the... Uh, with the, oh, with betting in general, as you know. But... uh. And the funny thing is, though, is they look really good. The spacing on the floor has changed. The demeanor of Joel Embiid has changed. You know, he doesn't feel like he has to carry that team anymore. And and it should be great. Okay, so that's I, I had to get that out because Danny and I met over Philadelphia sports a long time ago. And yeah, of course. Yeah, we've, we've maintained a very good relationship over the last six years. Long time we've known each other now, huh? Yeah, definitely. It's crazy it's been that long. Yeah, you know, I was just looking it up the other day since 2016, yeah. Okay, so now we're into the prelims. And there are chicks fighting here, dude. These are women fighting. Or are they? Okay, yeah, I guess they are. Moros, Moros against Agapova. Or so in Russia, they would say Agapova. I believe it's Agapova. Yeah, you got see. that one. Um this fight, there was a question because Marina Moros, she's she lives in Florida, trains in Florida, but she's Ukrainian, and there was a uh, there was a tweet going around that she might not fight this weekend. Um, but as of right now, the fight is still on, and it's a minus one eighty for Maria Gapova. Uh, that's a fantastic line. I thought she, I thought Maria Gapova would be a much bigger favorite. Uh, she broke onto the scene at the end of twenty twenty, had a fantastic debut, and then. She in her second UFC fight, Maria Gapova was a minus fourteen hundred favorite, and she lost that fight. It's the she was the biggest favorite to ever lose a UFC fight. Um, the whole story came out about how she had a terrible weight cut. Uh, her gym kicked her out a few weeks before her fight, and everyone just kind of everything in the month leading up to that fight where she lost as a minus fourteen favorite, minus fourteen hundred favorite, kind of went against her. Since then, she took almost a year off kind of uh, rejuvenated her career. And I think she's with the better gym now. She's able to make weight comfortably. 
at minus 190, I think she'll get back on track and become that huge prospect that everyone expected her to be when she first broke into the UFC. For Marina Moraes, uh, she was kind of hit her prime a few years ago, but she hasn't fought in, I believe, at least two years. So we don't really know what we're going to get from her. Definitely take Maria Galba about minus 180 in this fight. Okay, that sounds really good. Okay, so here we go. This ought to be real interesting. Try not, hey, hit your mute button so you don't giggle too much. Okay, so this is match eight. Uh, this is, uh, okay, just tell us who's playing in this match, will you? This is so, outside the, <laughs> outside the, outside the main card, this is my favorite fight of, of the entire. Of course it is. And I butchered the names, huh? We we got Nikolai Negumariano taking on Kennedy and Zetriku. And with both these guys, they're light heavyweights who are each prospects and both on the rise. Uh, Negu Mariano made his debut in the UFC in 2019. Uh, took his first loss in that fight. Has since come back and gotten two knockout wins last year. Uh, Zetriku, uh, same thing, came up from Dana White's contender series. Had a couple losses early in his career, but has since rebounded. Uh, I think he's coming off a loss, but he's won three of his last four. At plus 125, I'm going to take Nikolai Negu Mariano. And Zetriku is a bit of a slow starter, and I think if Negu Mariano can get off kind of early, I think he can end the fight in the first or second round. Um, at plus 125, that's definitely the better pick here. If you really want a valuable line, take Negu Mariano by first-round knockout. Uh, I believe it's around plus 600 right now, and I think that there's a ton of value in that line because Zetriku is a slow starter, and Negu Mariano's got that equalizer in his left hand that just knock you out cold with one punch. Romanians can fight, dude. Yeah. I've coached a few, believe me. And as you can imagine, I've had more than one interesting exchange with some of my students. But really? uh, the pro ones, you know what I mean. It, it, cause, but it's not in a mean way. It's just, you know what? They stand up for themselves. They're feisty. And uh, I like this pick. Now we've got another ladies match. Um, Rodriguez is taking on Zian. Zinan? I, I believe, yeah, so Marina Rodriguez, she's taking on Jan Zanon. Yeah, Jan Zanon, yeah. This is, a, this is a huge fight. Um, Marina Rodriguez is currently the number three strawweight. Uh, Jan Zanon currently the number five strawweight, and potentially the winner of this fight will get to fight the champion, Rose Namajunas, next. Uh, Marina Rodriguez really broke out of nowhere last year. She, she came into 2021 as, I believe, the 12th-ranked strawweight, picked up. A knockout win over Amanda Hebos, and then two main event wins over Michelle Watterson and Mackenzie Dern. Mackenzie Dern was seen as the future of the division, and Rodriguez, outside of dropping the second round of that fight, blew her out of the water. Her striking is levels above Jan Zanon. So at minus 270, she's definitely the pick. If you want um, you know, a better line, maybe take Rodriguez to win by decision, because I don't, I don't see her getting the finish, but I definitely see her getting the win. So that's by decision. Okay, that's great. No love for the underdog in that one, huh? Zanon? Nah. Zanon was one of those people where she, when she first broke in the UFC, a lot of people thought she'd become a contender, and then she had her first three fights went great. Her next three, she won split decisions, and a lot of people thought they were, you know, some of them weren't the best decisions. Her last fight, she fought Carla Esparza, who's currently the number two strawweight, in a top contender fight, and she got crushed in that one, lost in the second round uh, to ground and pound elbows. And I just think in the stand-up, Rodriguez is light years ahead of Zanon. Makes sense to me. 
So here we go. The last prelim match. It's match number six. It's uh, Turner and Malarkey. Yeah, we're taking Jalen Turner. Jalen Turner is one of my favorite prospects in the entire roster. He fought a guy named Uros Medic in his last fight. I went into that fight telling people, pick Uros Medic. He's going to be the you know future, future of this division. Turner went in, crushed him, knocked him out in the second round. And after having gone back and watched a lot of film on him, He's so uh, his hands are so fast that it's tough to tough to get ahead of him. Jamie Malarkey is one of those guys where he'll sit back and wait, and he can knock you out with that one punch. But I think in terms of an overall MMA skill set, Jalen Turner is so much farther ahead of him. I think he's going to win this fight. I think after this fight, he should be in line for a much bigger fight. So definitely Jalen Turner at a minus one fifty five. That's a great line. I thought he'd be closer to minus 200, if I'm being honest. Well, there you go. And that's what we want you to do. Now, we've got the main event. Now, we, we're into the into the pay-per-view section of the night where you have to pay for this. and well, Or or you could go to Reddit and just search <laughs> and watch it online. I shouldn't have told him that. But anyway, Spivak, Hardy. This is the, the American is a big underdog. You got any love for the American? Do you know Greg Hardy? He played in the NFL. Yeah. Oh, is that the one? That's Greg Hardy. For real? That is the same Greg Hardy who got kicked out of the NFL for beating his girlfriend. And now so. he's and now he's probably going to try to make this guy his girlfriend. And now he's going to, I think, get choked out by this guy, Sergey Spivak. Greg, Greg Hardy, So, oh, I mean, he's hated for obvious reasons. Not doesn't sound the greatest guy. But in terms of his UFC career, for a 265-pound guy, former NFL linebacker, he's a freak athlete, way more, has a ton more speed than almost every other heavy on the roster. Right. He's got a ton of power in his right hands. Once it gets to the ground, and he showed this in his fight against a guy named Marcin Taibura at the end of 2020, he has pretty much no ground game. Sergey Spivak is a guy who choked out that guy Tai Tuivasa, who I told everyone to pick at a plus 190 on the, on the last card that we did. Uh, he's now the number three heavyweight in the world. Um, Sergey Spivak, is a fantastic grappler for a heavyweight. I think second round, once Greg Hardy starts to slow down a bit, Spivak's going to take his back and he's going to submit Greg Hardy. Definitely Sergey Spivak at, nine, at minus 195. If you want a better line, take Sergey Spivak by submission. All right, okay. That sounds really good. Um, I'm surprised this Hardy kid is even walking for all the things he's done. I guess he didn't have any brothers. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. And it's amazing how some of these guys end up in the UFC. But, well, I don't think he's going to be around much longer. I think the Spivak's going to take care of business. Now, this Holland-Oliveira matchup, this one looks pretty big. It's, the American kid, Holland, is a big favorite, right? So Kevin Holland, is he's moving down to welterweight for middleweight. At the end of 20, he had one of the best calendar years in UFC history in 2020, um, where after the pandemic, all these guys were getting – you know, two days before their fight, they would get COVID. And Kevin Holland stepped in five different times in 2020. He went 5-0 and in the calendar year, went from pretty much a complete unknown to the number 10-ranked middleweight, went into last year, got his first main event, and then got crushed in back-to-back -back fights by Derek Brunson and Marvin Vittori. His last fight in October was a no contest. He got knocked out due to an accidental uh, headbutt. Now he's moving down to 170. If you look at him, the reason he's able to make weight on all those short notice fights is because he didn't he didn't cut a lot of weight at one eighty five. But for one seventy, he's six foot three with an eighty one inch reach. Alex Oliveira is one of those guys who's been around there. 
he's been the top 15. He's had big fights before, but he's definitely over the hill. He's two and five, I believe two and five in his last seven fights. And this one really feels like it's a hand-picked fight for Holland to get his first win in the welterweight division. Certainly at minus 330, I can't see, personally, I can't see Kevin Holland losing this fight unless Oliveira, you know, lands the perfect punch early in the fight. Uh, you need to get this at a better line, Kevin Holland by knockout, but at minus 330, that's a safe pick. Yeah, that is. There's a lot of juice to pay, but you know what? You want to parlay some of these bigger bigger numbers together to get a better thing. So now we've got Barbosa and Mitchell. And Barbosa is an underdog. This is this looks like just by the odds, of course, looks like to be a pretty good fight. This is a fantastic fight. Edson Barbosa is one of the most pure entertaining fighters in UFC history. He throws some of the craziest spinning wheel kicks. And he's taking on Bryce Mitchell, a guy who's one of the most underrated grapplers in the UFC right now. Bryce Mitchell's not this is his this is Bryce Mitchell's opportunity to make a name for himself. He came onto the scene at the end of twenty eighteen. He's I believe five and zero in the UFC. He's one of two fighters to ever pull off the ultra rare twister choke. Um, that being said, it's a huge step up in competition for him. His car, Bryce Mitchell's cardio is not great. The deeper this fight goes, I think Barbosa's experience will be able to take over. Um, and I'm going to take Edson Barbosa by round three KO TKO. If you if you bet on Barbosa for round three KO, it's a plus six hundred. If you want to just bet on the fight, take Barbosa plus one thirty. Yeah, that's a good play right there. We're going to try to do all of those things. That's nice. You like the underdog? I like the way you do this. The under you pick a few underdogs. That's important, by the way. You have to pick some underdogs. So this one here is interesting. It's Dos Anjos, and he's taking on Moicano. Or is it yeah, Moicano? This is, this is my, um, I guess, favorite pick of the night is Rafael Dos Anjos at minus 160. And it's not, I know it's not the underdog. I know it's not anything spectacular. Hanato Moicano is taking this fight on four days' notice. And Rafael Dos Anjos is one of those guys. He's a former champion and just severely overlooked. And it, in part because he hasn't fought in over 15 months because he had he's coming off knee surgery. But I think now that he's healthy, he's had two fights fall through in the last uh, six months. That's why he hasn't been able to get in there and compete. Hanato Moicano is a great fighter. He's a veteran. But at, on four days' notice, I think I thought RDA was going to be closer to, you know, he, RDA actually opened as a minus 250 favorite. And it's been bet, he's been bet down to a minus 160 favorite because the reality is everyone wants Moicano to win this fight. But if we're being smart betters on this one, Wait until the second before this fight starts because if if it tre- if the trend keeps going where it's been going, Moicano's only going to become you know even less of a favorite, and I think he's going to definitely win this fight. So take Rafael Dos Anjos when you can. There you go. Minus one sixty is not too bad for a boxing match, though. It's like tennis. Now the main event. This is a welterweight fight in the welterweight division. You've got Covington from the United States against Masvidal. From also from the United States, but this kid Masvidal, he's an underdog, but he already has fifty fights under his belt. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? So Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal, they are former training partners, former best friends, and everyone who says it says they're not even milking this one. Former best friends, they lived together for two years in college, trained together. If you watch their fights from twenty fifteen and twenty seventeen, they're in each other's corners for their fights. Colby Covington. At the end of 2017, he fans thought he had a boring style. 
the UFC was going to cut him. He won a fight in Brazil, and Covington decided he had to change his persona. He had to do something to, you know, make him interesting. And he just took on the ultra bad guy persona. He, he was in Brazil. He goes, Brazil, you're a dump. All you filthy animals suck. And from there, he's just become the bad guy of the UFC. You know, when Trump was president, he, he won interim champ and then went to the White House, put the belt on Trump's desk. He's just he's called out LeBron. He's called out all these athletes. Colby Covington is easily the most polarizing guy in the sport. Jorge Masvidal is just about the opposite end of the spectrum. He's a street fighter from Miami. He came up as one of those guys. He started his career. He's about 10 and 10 and then just hit, hit this switch. But he was always kind of obscure. Wasn't ever, you know, someone who fans like, but he wasn't ever able to make a name for himself. And then 2019, he had one of the greatest years a UFC fighter has had. Knocked out Darren Till on the road in England. Knocked out Ben Askren with a five-second flying knee. And then finished Nate Diaz uh, for the BMF title at plus 250. So since then, both these guys are coming off losses to the champion, Kamaru Usman. Former best friends who now hate each other. I think Hori Masvidal plus 250. He's a much better boxer. He's underrated takedown defense. I'm going to take Hori Masvidal by decision. I'm going to take Hori Masvidal just on the money line at plus 250. Okay, that's great. That is great stuff, man. Good stuff today. Thank you so much for being here. Now tell everyone where they can find you and how to find you and how to read your stuff and, and, and listen to some of your interviews with these guys. Yeah. Um, so I'm, you can find me on Twitter at Podolsky Danny. Um, you know, I've been interviewing these UFC fighters. So that's on the Overtime Heroics YouTube. Uh, my site's called Overtime Heroics, or the site I write for is called Overtime Heroics. So go to Overtime Heroics, check out OTH MMA on Twitter. Uh, it's it's really been taking off the last couple of years, so it it's exciting. And you know, I love I love handing out picks. I love betting on UFC. So you know, it's it's nice to be able to try to help you guys win some money. And if you want to check out my writing, that'll help me out as well. Yeah, absolutely. You should. I, I, I suggest that you do. His interviews are great, and his writing is top-notch. And you know what? We're very proud of Danny here. And that's going to wrap it up for today's show. We want to thank Danny for being here. We want to thank PlayUp Sportsbook for presenting the show. Head on over to PlayUp.com, sign up for an account, and find out why PlayUp is always your best bet. All picks made on the Phil Nason Show are tracked at BetStamp.app. That link to those picks, you can find them in my tw- in my Twitter handle at PNason Show. It's in the profile. Until next time, y'all take care of yourselves. Be good, and most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you. Thanks for listening to the Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. And please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page.